welcome to the Real Life Mentoring Podcast, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hey, it's Chris and Christina, and today we are, well, not we, but Chris is going to interview me. We've, we've had an interview with Chris, and we just think that part of mentoring is knowing another person's story. So, Chris, are you ready to ask me all kinds of questions. So I am, and obviously because we're married for almost 30 years, I know the answers to these things. Yes, but you're going to ask them anyway. I'm going to ask them for you, for the um, the, the listeners to, to understand who yeah. you are more. Well, let's just jump in. Okay. So because we are a mentoring nonprofit, um, we care about the relationships one-on-one. As you said, hearing a person's story is so powerful, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Well, what, do you, what do you want to do in the future? What's going on today? And tell me about some things of your past so I have a better understanding of who you are. Mm-hmm. So it's so critical because if I don't know anything about your past, I don't really know you. All I know is the little bit I know about today. Yeah. So, Christina, first question, tell yes. me a little bit about your – it's not a question, a statement. Tell mm-hmm. me about your upbringing. My upbringing. Um, so my childhood, I was born into a military family. We spent a lot of time – living overseas. Um, We moved around a lot. So I had a a mom and a dad and a younger sister. And um, yeah, I think my parents did a good job of wherever we landed. They had the intention to make that home. And so whether it was two years or four years or whatever, um, they did a good job of doing that. Now, like every other family, there were things behind the scenes that weren't um, pleasant um, I had to grow up really, really quick. At 17, my mom had a stroke. We were living in Turkey, the country. And uh, Excuse me a second. Do you mind telling the, the, the listeners then, give them a uh, kind of a roadmap of places you've lived because it, that, that says a lot about your upbringing as oh, well. Oh, yeah, sure. So I was born in Italy. Um, we only lived there not quite a year. And then we moved to Austin, Texas, then uh, my dad was sent to Vietnam, and um, my mom and I lived in Kansas. He returned. We then were stationed in Germany, where my younger sister was born. Then we moved to Great Falls, Montana, which when I think of my childhood, that's pretty much the bulk of it. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, we moved to Altus, Oklahoma. Um, when I was in 10th grade, we moved to Turkey where I graduated, I had to graduate early um, because my mom had a stroke. She was 38 years old, had a stroke, and was shipped um, from Turkey to Germany for medical care and then eventually shipped back to the States. Well, my dad, my sister, and I uh, finished out the semester so we could finish well in school. I could actually graduate a semester early. And then we rejoined them in Arkansas and eventually landed in Oklahoma. Well, I, I was—I haven't counted, but that's a lot of moves, a lot of major moves in a <laughs> yeah. person's life. And so you were 17 or 18 by the time all those moves had happened. Yeah, 17, yeah. Okay, so we do have that in common as we look at our backgrounds. We moved a great deal as well. Yeah. My dad was not in the military, but we moved a lot. So yeah. that, how do you think that impacted you, moving around so many places? Uh, well, as you know, uh, when we were going overseas, I, I picked up a book called Third Culture Kids. And in reading the book for information for my daughters, what I discovered is that I was a third culture kid. And so what that means is 
you are you are living in a country that's not your own, and yet you develop your own culture within that culture. And so it made me um, look for relationships quick uh, with friends. It, um, yeah, it just forced me out of my bubble a lot. But it also built in this, when is the shoe going to drop? How do you mean? <laughs> like, okay, we've been here for two years. I've made okay. the best friends I've ever made in my life. Oh, shoot, now we got to move. Um, so, so that was a big impactor, yeah, for me as a kid. If someone were to have taken a peek inside your, your home, mm-hmm. you know, if you can re- remove the roof from sure. the house and see what's going on, what would be some typical things in your home, good, good and bad? Yeah. There's a mix of, uh, within families. Right. Well, I hate to say I was in a dysfunctional home because everybody has that t-shirt, right? Well, I don't. <laughs> Big fat liar. No, I don't. Not today. Oh, well, not with growing up, though. Growing but, up, I that, did. Yeah. So um, I think we looked really, really good on the outside, but there were just things on the inside. Um, my parents uh, struggled from the things that they suffered um, in their childhood. They carried that over into their parenting. And so um, not that my parents set out to said, hey, you do good things and we're going to show you you love you. We love you, but I adopted that on my own. I was a straight-A student. I was a hard worker. If they said jump, I said how high. I followed the rules. Um, yeah, so I, I I morphed into this kid who just wanted to keep peace in the family, <laughs> not ruffle the feathers, and uh, do whatever they said or asked. All right, because mentoring is about basically about uh, deliberate, ongoing conversations. Yeah. All right. What kind of conversations took place in your home growing up? They didn't, yeah. My dad was a hard, still is, a hard worker. And um, he had a very stressful job as a supervisor in the military. And for some of my childhood, he worked a second job. And so my dad felt very distant. Um, I don't ever recall, I just don't recall warm and cuddly moments with him. Um, my mom, uh, did a lot of good things to support our family, you know, through the holidays or whatever, but I never felt the freedom to have open and honest conversations. We, we swept things under the rug. We didn't talk about things. And, um, yeah, if there was conflict, what the parents said ruled, (laughs) we had no voice and then life just continued. One thing that I, I've discovered at this age in my life, I look back on my parents I don't remember conversations happening, mm-hmm. but being told what to do. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. And to our parents' defense, they did what they knew. Yeah. And that was a culture. Yeah. It was yeah. a culture at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So did you have a mentor growing up? And I'd like you to tell the story you've told me before about, was it your fifth grade teacher? Oh, Mrs. Wiley. Yeah. My third grade teacher. Third grade teacher. Yeah. All right. So no, I didn't have a mentor. Um, but there, in God's kindness, He always put strong women—not overpowering women, but strong, confident women—in my life to really see me. And the first woman He put in my life was Mrs. Wiley. Um, we lived in Montana. I was, believe it or not, a shy kid, and I just had so much in my head, but I was afraid to let it out, <clears throat> and so. 
she just really saw me. And I remember a parent-teacher conference back in the day, (laughs) you showed up with your kid and the teacher talked in front of you about, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. But Mrs. Wiley said to my mom, I only have to explain something once to Christina and once she sees how it's done, she's got it. Mm. And do you know, I'm 53 years old, and if I don't know how to do something, her words stick in my head still. Wait, I just need to see how it's done, and then I've got it. But she she saw past what I did. She knew my heart. She knew my innermost self. And um, that was that impacted me, obviously, to this day. Okay, when you so when you think about this third grade teacher, yeah, all right, what would be some characteristics, some adjectives that would come to mind? Because that's many years ago, sure. And you're still you're talking about her on a podcast today, right? Do you know has she passed away? She's still living. I don't know. I should Peggy Wiley. If you're out there, yeah. And how old would she have been? Any idea? Because I, I know when we're in grade school, our teachers seem really old. Right. She was probably. Early forties, you know. Oh, to was. me, she seemed really, really old. She's probably but, not with us, guys. <laughs> she, <laughs> and she could be. <laughs> she, um, she wasn't married. Uh, she was divorced and had an older son. And so, you know, I'm like in the third grade. So the okay. older son, I think, was in college. So, okay. yeah. Anyway, but her characteristics, I felt so known by her. Um, she was an inten- she was intentional with me. Um, you know, she's got a classroom full of kids, but she was very, very intentional, like um, saying, now, Christina, I know this is how you learn, so let's let's try this. or um, she was fun. She was a lot of fun. Um, and again, that that little conversation she had with my mom, she spoke to the true me that I wanted to believe that by myself about myself, okay. but because she said it, then I was like, dang, I am like that. I can't believe that about myself. So that was huge. Words are so critical, yeah. not just important. They are critical uh, life. people. Their life. Or death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really are. Um, so you didn't really have a mentor growing up. No. But um, God put Mrs. W- Miss Wiley, Mrs. Wiley in your life yep. to speak some truth into you. Yeah. And you're speaking about it today. Yeah. Uh, so... I want to ask you then, how did you start mentoring others? Because obviously you do that today along with me for this nonprofit that we lead. Yeah. So, yeah, talk about that if you would. I think growing up, because we moved around so much, I was so empathetic to the people on the outside, not the popular kids or the popular people, but the people on the outside. And so when I went into college, um, I purposely – we were involved in a, a college ministry and the girls on the fringes, I just had such a heart for. And so I started being intentional with them, um, pouring into them. We were the same ages, same life stages, but I saw it as my joy, but also my responsibility to be intentional with them. You know, some of the things that Mrs. Wiley did to me, get to know them, really see them for who they were. So it, it started in college. All right. Uh, do, do any people come to mind? Do you think, I start, I mentored this person? Yeah. And maybe, did you even realize you were actually doing that at the time? Yes and no. I, I knew that I was being intentional with someone. Um, it was somebody that had come into the college department. And I remember just like having this inner sense or this calling of 
she needs to be um, sought after, you know, okay. in, a, in a friendship kind of way. And so I remember the first time she visited, I sent her back in the day. We didn't have email or phones. I sent her a handwritten card and just said, I loved meeting you, um, would really like to uh, grab coffee or something like that. I don't know. But I remember with her, I was super intentional um, and there was this openness and we just connected. And even though we were in the same age group, okay. um, I'd had some experience that, that maybe gave me some deeper insight into some things. Um, and yet it was give and take. And so we remain friends still to this day through the power of, of Facebook. But when I think of mentoring, hmm, when did that start? I think of that, that girl, um, I'm not going to say her name because she may be like me, but, it was that girl in that moment when I was in college. Okay, because you haven't shared a name, and that's 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 fair. Do you remember some specifics that you sh- uh, that you talked about then? We just talked about life. Um, we we were friends at church, but we didn't talk about church things all the time. Okay, we talked about what we wanted to do after college. We talked about boys. We talked about uh, future hopes and dreams. We talked about um, she had a really difficult family situation. We talked about that. Um, there was no topic that we was off limits. Okay. Obviously there was a sense of, um, safety between the two of you, confidentiality, trust. Okay. Um, what would be, what are some results you've seen in mentoring others? Um, I still go back to that third grade, Christina, you know, how I felt known, how I felt valued, how I felt like somebody knew me. Those are the same things that I see in girls that I pour into. Um, and probably the most profound result doesn't happen every time. Sometimes you just mentor somebody for a certain season of life. But for those girls who uh, we entered into this mentor-mentee relationship, um, we're still in contact. It, it, it went somehow there was a a cross between, oh, you're my mentee, to, oh my gosh, you're part of my family. You're in my heart. You're tucked safely in there. Um, yeah. I have found the same thing as uh, some guys that I've mentored, a, a deep friendship develops. Yeah. And I, honestly, I don't know. If you're mentoring the way that we, we, we talk about mentoring, I don't know how a deep free friendship cannot not develop. Yeah, but let's be careful to say that because I've had some really great relationships. They were just for a season. Yes. And there was friendliness. It okay. wasn't like we were, eh. there was connection. But after that season ended, there's not been contact. Would you not call him a friend then, you think? Uh, yeah, but not, I, I don't think in the sense you're talking about. Okay, levels about. of friendship. Yeah, that's, yeah, That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um. So any other story you want to share before no. we, we close this up? Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. All right. What is one thing, or you can share more, that you want to share with people to know what they need to know about mentoring? What would you like them to know? Yeah, I think that people have a misconception um, that you have to have education or it's very akin to, to counseling, and it's not. I mean, we just define it as an intentional one-on-one relationship where you're getting involved in another person's life. You don't have all the answers. You're making yourself available to walk the journey with somebody else. Um, I remember as a young mom desperately wanting um, an older woman who had older kids to see me and to give me advice about what diapers to use, but also like how do you make time 
just to be alone and, and hear from God. And um, God gave me that, you know, when we were in Norman years ago, as, as I was a young mom, he, he gave me a, a dear, dear friend who still is in my life as a mentor. Okay. And so um, it doesn't require a lot of time. It does require intentionality. And I believe we were made <laughs> to scoop other people up in, in mentoring. I just believe that that's the heart of God. Um, I think that's what Jesus modeled. He gathered 12. He could have gathered, you know, crowds every time, but he chose to have this intimate circle that he was intentional with and poured into. And um, I just think we were created for mentoring. Okay. I I agree. So, Christina, uh, thanks for sharing these things. I'll let you close us out. Yeah. So uh, we... We want to offer you practical mentoring tools. Um, if you want to know more information, of course, check out our website. But we we wanted to kick off these uh, series of podcasts by telling our stories. And so we're glad that you're listening. Stay tuned because we've got a lot, lot more to share and dig deeper into mentoring. <laughs>